Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Thank you so much for tuning in again to this episode of Growth Island. Today, I got the pleasure of one of my best friends, who is also an expert on health. It's Martin Kramer. He's already been on the show once before talking about jet lag. Just a quick introduction. He is one of the leading Danish biohackers and one of the pioneers in Denmark who really have been getting biohacking uh, at the top of people's awareness. He uh, did a TED Talk as well. A TED Talk you should definitely see on biohacking as well, how to become the CEO of your own health. It was... uh, really high rated afterwards by the people that saw it. And he's also the founder of the Danish biohacker community. He set up a course on biohacking in Danish. So sorry for my international friends, but for the Danes listening. And is also setting up a conference on biohacking in the end of September, 20th of September, yep. where I got the pleasure of talking about habits as well. And there's a few more things we can say about biohacking. Mars and I also host a brunch together once in a while for, uh, for people that are into health, where we basically just meet and, uh, and chat about some of these interesting subjects. And then the daily job as well is uh, being a director at uh, ENY. Yep. So a lot of things cooking. Yep. Martin, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Martin, let's start out. What the hell is biohacking? If someone hasn't heard about that before, <laughs> or what does biohacking mean to you? Well, so I think the popular definition of biohacking, if we start there, is... Um, the art and science of living an optimal life with optimal health, right? And you do so by controlling the environment around yourself and inside yourself. And I am in particularly a fan of what we call Nordic biohacking, which is a little bit um, different from the more kind of fast-paced American style, stronger, better, faster all the time. And it's more kind of checked in with the ancestral wisdom and nature and so on. But for me, biohacking is a mindset. It is a way of living uh, and it is certainly not creating this artificial life, right? As you know me, it's very much about checking in with yourself, checking in with nature and recognizing the huge benefits that you were born with 300,000 years ago, right? And and that that is something we can still tap into. And with the access to cool technology these days, we can actually start to validate how, for instance, our stress response uh, is, is you know, tremendously altered by things like nature. Hmm. So again, biohacking doesn't have to be like artificial tech-driven. It can be very down-to-earth, yeah. literally speaking. And another thing we often talk about when we talk about biohacking is the N equals one. So the kind of very important N equals one, yes. Yeah. So we love to look into science. Yeah. So studies are amazing to figure out like what actually makes the impact for the majority of people. Mm. So different studies and saying like either this kind of breathing or this kind of food is good, but recognizing that there are all the outliers and figuring out what works for you. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. N equals one. Very important. Yeah. Interesting concept that... Uh, You'll see so many places when people talk about biohacking is love science, but it's also, as you said, it's art and science. Yeah. So it's the science looking at what works normally for most people, and then it's the art of figuring out what works for you. And what I really like about your approach as well, and where we have a lot in common, is like, it doesn't have to be tech-driven all the time. Like, right. go out, ground, uh, get sun, breathing, all yeah. of those things. We'll get more into that. 
but uh, just Absolutely. to align for if you're listening at home, uh, we both love tech. We can't get around that. Nope. But we also love nature. Cool. So um, you've looked into a lot of stuff and many things within biohacking. So we'll talk a little bit about like how do you navigate, like how do you navigate all of these different things you can do. But before that, mm. what happened since the last time you were here on the, on the podcast? What's been going on in your life? Oh, it's been busy. I think, uh, generally speaking, the last year and a bit, I mean, biohacking has just taken off like a rocket in Denmark, uh, thanks to many good things. And I think the, the, the compound effect of all the activities that's been started is, is really now coming to, I mean, we've been running at full speed since the beginning of this year, despite uh, COVID and, you know, 2020 being a, a funny year. We have more than doubled our numbers in the online community. So we're now almost 2,000 members there. And obviously, um, you know, that has led me to do, wanted to do more to satisfy all of the desire for knowledge and, and help uh, a lot of the people that are in there. So what's happened? Well, apart from my day job, like we, we've now moved to wanting to do these webinars. So we've done like 12 webinars uh, rather than meeting face to face, which we normally do in our community. So we've gone from one event per month to now three or four webinars, which is roughly one every week. So that's been interesting. And as with many other things in my life, it's like I seize the moment when it's there and I just kind of run with it. But I think thanks to my techniques, I am, I'm always walking over the edge of like getting too, too stressed versus dealing with my stress. Mm. Right. And that's, that we can talk about why I'm into biohacking, but it's a lot to do with stress for sure. Mm. So yeah, how do you, so I think one of the questions I often get mm. and we discussed several times is like, there's so many biohacks, mm-hmm. so many things you can do. And uh, Oli, uh, uh, our friend from Finland as well, also said like, you could biohack all day long and not live your life. Yeah. How do you look at selecting like what are the things that you focus on? Because you could do basically fill your entire day just doing biohacks for sleep. Yeah. Well, it's very much about figuring out initially when you decide you want to kind of embark on this biohacking movement or mindset, if you like. It's like figuring out what is driving you and what is draining you, right? And you're you're a habit guy. You know what I'm talking about. But it's it's figuring out what's your biggest problem and then deal with it first, right? I don't believe that you can just kind of overnight change your entire life and then be a Superman. I mean, it's 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 a gradual journey of a. Kind of a perfectionist journey almost right you want to get to the optimum of many different aspects in your life but you don't do that overnight um and if you do like you just mentioned like try to do 20 biohacks every day which you know for listeners here a biohack can be very simple something like just like grounding yourself in nature or it could be that you take you know sink supplements before night so you sleep better or have an increased deep sleep or whatever little thing it may be but if you try to do too much the likelihood of you burning out is high. So you got to start with figuring out what matters most to you. And um, we just developed this online web course, as you mentioned in Danish, right? Nordic Biohacking Blueprint, which is very much about habits and lifestyle more so than all the hacks. That's mm. kind of secondary because we want to give people the, the basic foundational knowledge of how does the body work? Why is it important for you to understand the, the autonomic nervous system, for instance, and how can you balance that rather than just kind of only focus on optimization, focus mm. on balancing. And like everything in life should be about balance. It shouldn't be about 
full charge all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think we are different in the Nordics and Scandinavian kind of lifestyle versus the more American sometimes. But how do you, for example, choose between should you do red light therapy or should you do um, something like osteostrong or should you do mm. cold showers or should you do morning smoothies or should you do bulletproof coffee or yeah um, well it's hard it's hard to answer because uh, i mean if somebody totally new came up to me and said where do i start i i, I would have to ask them questions on what's your problem right and um And normally it's to do with the basics of sleep and so on. So in that case, yes, all of what you mentioned there could actually improve your sleep. So then it's a matter of, well, A, what have you got access to that you can do here now? Because there's this this kind of idea that some people have got that they got to get to this kind of best, 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 best biohack before they start. I'm like, no, just do the basics first and you'll probably get 80% of the way. So where to start? I always recommend people to go with the basics first and and do a baseline test with n equals one again it's it's why it's so damn hard to answer that question where do, where do you start and how do you validate you got to do your own validation so I always recommend people kind of write down make your own little scale of say one to ten how do you feel on certain aspects in your life your sleep your nutrition your weight your mental game like whatever it may be your productivity mm. like And then, then start doing things from there and see where you get to. And then that, that should really be how you move forward. Um, but I have seen, unfortunately, and it's also what, what, what drives me some days is that like a young guy reached out to me when we published the online course and he said, I'm already doing all the things that Ben Greenfield says in his book. Yes. And what's, what's this course? Is this something for me? And I said, you know what? I think it's right for you because almost half of it is about finding that balance. And it sounds like you're probably doing too much. And he came back on, on message and said, yeah, I think you're right. Spot on. <laughs> so he was already stressing out about all the biohacks he needed to do. And I was like, dude, you got to chill and live life. That's like, that's even more important, right? Yeah. So. I think that's a such essential part that, yeah. um, that some people see biohacking as you just got to do more and more and more. And you got to do all of these things where yeah. they kind of forget the macros, as you're saying, the basic stuff like proper sleep, proper food. Yeah. do some kind of movement, actually have social activities and not just only do like a hundred different things. Right. Um, and that can also be the misunderstanding when you follow some of these people on social media where you see like, it seems like they're doing something all the time, but it's not necessarily what leads to happiness or the most healthy life. Yeah. So so that's important to figure out that balance and the macro over the, the micro. I think it's very important. And I, um, I want to talk a little bit about here, like one of of obviously the world that I'm surrounded in in EY in this corporate game of high charging professionals, you know, men and women who wants to do best at the job, but also be the best parent and be the best triathlete and be the best buddy and like the best in everything. And I see so many of those guys and girls who are just like, it's like for some reason, 10 years ago, somebody decided that, oh, if you do an Ironman, then you're a kick-ass guy mm -hmm. or girl, right? And if you can do an Ironman while you do your job, then you're, then you're awesome, right? And it, I, I think a lot of those folks have got it all wrong. And it is only those who succeed we hear about. And obviously, they become the role models in the office, and those are the ones you aspire to be. But we got to be honest and say, well, probably 50% of us, we probably should do something else than an Ironman. And if we mm -hmm. were going to attempt an Ironman, we, we should definitely figure out a way to de-stress our lives. 
because what a lot of people don't think about is is the stress is something that compounds over time mm. and you're slowly burning out your adrenals if you do not know how to activate the parasympathetic nervous system properly right and de-stress and a lot of those guys i mean i've, I've seen them they're the gyms and the offices they're they're being used right mm. so you have folks that go out for a run in the morning or swim in the morning they clock in their hours they do lunch they go to the gym and you know the lunch break and then they go back and sit sweaty at their desk and then they train again after work and, and probably have poor sleep but they don't mm. know right but they manage it because they're still like 30 or 28 or whatever right and then they try and continue that lifestyle and then they have aching joints when they hit 40 and then they have like they start gaining weight and they're 45 and then when they're 50 it's all going downhill and then they they may or may not be the ones who will have issues when they retire yeah certainly a lot more will have issues than those who will not have issues yeah so for sure so if we kind of agree on like i think we're very aligned on many things when it comes to health <laughs> uh that is kind of getting that balance and i think also our friend rasmus used to is was on yeah. the tv program my super healthy family that was being portrayed in a very special way where there's a lot of stuff that was being cut out yeah and a lot of the comments that we saw afterwards were people like he's so fanatic and so on and like mm. we both know that Rasmus is a very is balanced a, guy actually very very happy of wine as well he yeah. just doesn't <laughs> he's got really good wine actually <laughs> he just yeah. doesn't drink like shitty wine that also have like right, right. more of the negative side effects indeed um, so it's like figuring out that that balance so i think that's really important that we get that in the start also for the listeners to see like hey what is this biohacking? It doesn't need to be so crazy, um, which I also think, yeah, you're a good, good example of. So if you look into though some of these fun biohacks, yeah, we discussed before, like, okay, one thing is getting the mindset of like testing stuff, but like, what are some of your top five biohacks, um, and why is that? So I think if I look over time and just kind of accumulate all my learnings and say, well, what's the what's the number one biohack for me? It's been nutrition. It's been understanding what nutrition do to your body and that that's like it's driving who you are and how you look and how you feel hmm. end of story right so once you get that dialed in once you understand that like again with with, with diets and you know uh, as as with generally in biohacking there is no one size fits all so I, I would never recommend people any specific diet i would recommend them to understand like the body uh, the, the mechanisms, the engines, as I talked about, right? I talk about we all have this this petrol engine and this diesel engine, and you need to know how to activate both, right? And the petrol engine is when you're burning carbs and you're eating all your carbohydrates, whether that's bread or oatmeal or whatever it may be. And then there's the diesel engine, which is where you're living on your own body fat, right? And if you get to a state where you in your body can master both, then you've reached a level that is something you will live through with your entire your entire life. You will live with that and you're going to be thriving because you know when to take the right strategic decision in the moment. So if I'm out for dinner and I'm going, okay, fine, I'm, I'm going to today decide to activate my petrol engine, my carbohydrate engine, my, the one that for years we thought that was the only engine our brain could survive on, right? And through kind of social norms, sometimes we have to do that and that's fine. But then I have my strategies to make sure that even though I have that engine running, I'm not putting myself in a ditch the following day. And that could be by activating my, my kind of glucose storage system, uh, for instance, doing some exercise, right? Or taking certain supplements that will keep my blood sugar low, despite of the amount of carbs that I'm eating. 
And what supplements would that be? So there's a specific um, uh, supplement, which is, is oh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's basically a blood sugar balancing supplement. And, yeah. and it's, um, I think it's, there are a couple of kind of natural compounds. One yeah. of them is berberine. Yeah. Um, and, and that's actually in studies uh, as good, if not even more effective than metformin. And metformin is, is the kind of uh, synthetic version of what, if you're type 2 diabetic, that's yeah. what you will take to keep a stable blood sugar. But berberine's been like validated to be as good so that's one example there's some other it's not monk fruit but it's some some fruit yeah. uh, we can get them the show yeah. I'll, I'll get the link now. Yep. yeah i just it's i normally label all my supplements with yes. like what what it means to me and this is yeah. like the blood sugar stabilizer drug yes yeah. so. <laughs> and you uh, said exercise as well so exercise yeah that's a big word is it like 20 push-ups 20 squats or is it like running for 30 minutes so it can be many things actually uh studies have been done on a 30 minute walk like a brisk walk for 30 minutes before a carbohydrate-rich meal, that will activate you GLUT4, um, you know, uh, glucose transporters in your cells, which will kind of, the whole kind of cellular level, not want to get into that too much, but like you're basically priming yourself to absorb the the glucose that's going to hit your bloodstream. Yeah. Um, so that's great. But you could also do just like 10 minutes of X3, like the very intense, heavy load resistance training. Um, that's that's as good, right? So those are the two options. Um, what you could also do is just like any any exercise for 15 minutes that's like high interval, yeah. high intensity, it's good. Yeah, fair enough. So food is uh, one of the first things. Figuring out are you running on carbohydrates or are you running on fat? Yeah. And can you say a little bit more about like running on fat? What does that mean? It means superior cognitive function. It means like generally no cravings for anything. It means high energy. It means stable blood sugar, right? And if we take it the step uh, even more simple, like what does it mean to, how do you get to run on fat? So it's the world of ketosis that we need to enter. That's, yeah. I could have used that word. Yeah. But, um, ketosis is basically when you're breaking down fatty acids in your body, whether it's in your cells or in the food you eat, uh, you're producing a product or a molecule called ketones, right? Yeah. Now, different kinds of ketones, but uh, those ketones are basically a superior fuel source primarily for your brain, but it takes about three days for your body chemistry to, uh, say, if you fast, for instance, right? If you fast 16 to 18 hours for three days, then your body will have realized that, okay, there is an alternative fuel source that I can actually live on, and that's those ketones. And once you've done that once or twice, like that kind of three-day sequence there, your body starts to remember that. It takes about eight to 10 weeks, depending on your level of fitness and your where you came from, for your muscles to learn how to utilize these ketones. You call that to be fat-adapted, basically. Mm. So there is this, this kind of you know scale, if you like, of... You can be mildly adjusted to running on ketones, or you can be heavily adjusted to it, in which case you can run a marathon or an Ironman purely on ketones. And that's the level I've reached. Yeah. And I did that several years ago, and I've kind of dipped in and out of that kind of scale there. And being being in that kind of far end of the scale where you have control over that, you call that metabolic flexibility, basically. You call that you are in control of your metabolism. Mm. Um, and I think metabolic flexibility is a term that's being thrown on quite a bit here. And it's it's to do with that, understanding these two engines. But it's also to do with the fact that, uh, again, there's no one size fits all for diets. So unless you know that you have some 
intolerance, for instance, for gluten, um, like you need to treat yourself to some of these things that are unhealthy for you from time to time. Mm. If you only eat super 110% healthy all the time, your body will will react stronger when you do eat something that's poor. So I do eat a pizza from time to time. I do eat a burger from time to time. Um, my gut, and I've tested that obviously extensively, I deal well with gluten, but still it, it makes me bloated. But mm. I have nothing in my intestines, in my poop, or in it that indicates that I have an issue with it. No. But it's not the same as I don't get a negative reaction to it. So to train my reaction to it, I, I from time to time I expose myself to it. To, to avoid becoming too sensitive to it. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. I can definitely see when I, I've had periods where I'm super strict and healthy and if I then get something bad, mm. my body reacts very strongly. Yeah. But for me, it's also been the realization of we forget how easily, or I do at least, but I think humans in general forget how we've been feeling earlier. Yeah. So kind of forgetting like when I was younger, after I had dinner, I always used to eat... Um, a lot of red meat, ideally half a kilo, and then uh, potatoes and sauce, right? Yeah. And I always needed to have that like five to ten minutes just lying on the couch after eating. Yeah. But that was just the norm that you were feel that I was feeling kind of tired. Yeah. And I can definitely see this like the difference in when I try some different foods mm. that like my energy level and tiredness just goes up. Yeah. And how it becomes the norm and how I've easily forgotten like how it I was feeling before when I was eating differently yeah. compared to now where I'm I'm feeling a lot better energy yeah i mean that's that's a big thing this i mean it sounds to me like you were probably overeating i mean you were probably an active young guy i can imagine that but like uh overeating is another big problem yeah even in these times where people are fasting all the time right it's like overeating is actually easier than than you may think yeah which is a stressor to the body of course i was exercising a lot so i was as skinny as i am now yeah um so in that way didn't you couldn't really see that Right. But um, it might have been a stress to the body. Yeah. So that was the, the number one, one of the biohacks. Number two. Yes. For me, it's um, it's a little bit down the same lane as before. It, it's understanding certain mechanisms in your in your system, right? And for me, uh, this term homesis, if you've heard about that, um, this kind of you know, using stress to get stronger, mm. basically, right? So uh, Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche said at one point um, that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? And I think even Darwin had a quote that was very similar from way back when the uh, origin of the species where he said something like, um, it is not the strongest species that will survive, it is the one that is most adaptable. Mm. And that's basically why we have hormesis as a mechanism in our body that... Um, it actually it originated from a study where some scientists were trying to kill off uh, some yeast cells with arsenic. And he, he by chance discovered that when he gave him just a little dose of poison, they got stronger. But when he overdid it, they died. Mm. And that was basically what started that whole thing. And there's a lot of studies now in homesis. And our good friend Simlan has just you know, wrote a fantastic book called Stronger by Stress, and it's exactly on homesis. That's very yeah. interesting. But homesis, to me, as a biohack, it's about, for instance, using things that are unpleasant to make me, make me stronger, mentally and physically. Cold exposure, uh, ice bath, winter bathing, whatever you want to call it, that, to me, is my number two biohack. That, yeah. that I can feel the energy in my body afterwards. I know my immune system is getting stronger. Um, I although being stressed out from time to time because of my extreme workload, 
you know, I, I don't get hit by severe illness like, like many others do. Yeah. Um, I, I may have a, the odd illness here and there, but it lasts very shortly. It's like two days maximum and I'm, I'm back full recovered, right? Yeah. So stronger by stress, yeah. using things that are unpleasant, whether that's, uh, you know, could be exercise. I only do hit running, for instance, which is, you know, that kind of running where you have a block taste in your mouth when you're done. That's another stressor to the body, which is and also hit running. Can you say a few more words about people that don't know what it is? Like you get hit when you run, or <laughs> yeah, that be, that's actually fun. <laughs> you said you had blood taste in your mouth, so someone might be like, I "Need to find someone to slap me." Yep, that's a new discipline I've come up with. But yeah. no, it's uh, it means high intensity interval training, basically. Yes. So yeah, uh, some people may have read all the studies on how just twenty minutes of in high intensity interval training is as good as you know uh, 90 minutes on a treadmill right yeah uh, so again biohacker you want to get 80 percent of the value with 20 percent of the input there is one right there's no need for you if you just want to remain healthy and don't get sick actually there's studies saying exercising as little as 15 minutes a week is enough yeah oh if you can get more benefits if you do it like 30 minutes uh but you know There's no need to do it, overdo it, basically. Not if it's for health benefits. So if you're right. doing it for social and fun and so on, like oh, yeah. playing tennis and so on, it makes a lot of sense. But if you're just looking for the health benefits, I remember something Ben Greenfield talked about some studies as well. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think he said up to an hour and a half maximum a day. Yeah. If you just look at health benefits, actually, if you went much over that. Yeah. Again, it was important to understand what the studies is, like N equals one. So that was the majority of people. Yes. Like, had a better effect of that. So if you do stuff that's probably making you really happy and it's not super strenuous exercise, yeah. it's probably really good to do more. And we should separate here that I talk about exercise. I'm yes. not talking about physical like movement because yes. you should move every day for yes. at least half an hour, absolutely, preferably an hour. Right? Yeah. But yes, the, I, I, I agree with the study there. And I think it even said that there's actually, there's this law of diminishing returns, yes. right? That after one and a half hours of training per day, You start to seeing a decrease of the of the value you get. Mm. So yeah. yeah, but important notion that the difference between exercise and movement. Yeah, it's not that we are made to only move and have an hour. Like ideally, we should move no. several hours a day, and not just sit still at a computer. It's not enough just to run for you know 20 minutes a week. It's not enough. You no. got to do other things if you are otherwise sedentary, sitting yeah. on your chair every day. Yeah, and I actually heard I think that's from Ben Greenfield as well from some of the studies was that. Doing micro exercises yeah. throughout the day is actually more effective than do that one hour of intense yes. exercise. What do, what do you do during the day? You're so, in the office quite a bit, so what do you yes. do? Yes, so I start my morning ideally yeah. with uh, jumping in the water, do some kind of movement with a friend. Yeah. It's often not much more than 20 minutes, half an hour. It's right. not super hard, but it's a way to When you get social. started, your body is, is moving during the day. Yes. The beginning, that's very important. Yeah. I have uh, something called Iris software on my computer. Like mm -hmm. kind of, if I'm not in meetings constantly, which happens many days mm -hmm. uh, otherwise it breaks me every 20 to 25 minutes so if i have a chance oh, wow. to do something we just got a pull-up bar set up at the office as well perfect uh, a few days ago so it's possible to go out there and just do a few pull-ups mm. sometimes people look at me strangely in the office because i'm walking to the toilet and doing lunches or something else <laughs> <laughs> no, <I love> it. <laughs> uh, so uh, or i do squats and so on and people kind of just got used to me being a bit strange um, i don't do it all the time but i actually do try to get that in i'm fortunate enough that i can be part of setting the culture where i am yeah but uh, actually when i was working in deloitte what i did was um, i remember one of my colleagues called me one day 
and he was like, Mess, what the fuck are you doing? So I went out to the stairs, the emergency stairs, and I did some push-ups there, or like ran up and down the stairs. And that's before I got into all this biohacking, but that was just like, uh, I could intuitively feel like my body wanted to move. I obviously had a hard time sitting still, so it was like, doesn't fit that well. Right. Or I did it at the toilet. Uh, we had big enough toilets, so I could do push-ups, or mm. I could do some uh, stuff for triceps, just basically, again, moving. Yeah, perfect. I and mean, I think it's fascinating that you're actually... You are a role model when it comes to that because uh, in in my office, obviously, it's a little bit more of a conservative environment, but I am hoping one day I will see people do that. Yeah. Fun story, actually. My my boss in London, he's a CrossFitter. Yeah. And him and I are totally aligned on like the need to move every day throughout the day, right? And so we have these, uh, in our global headquarters, we have these fancy meeting rooms where there's all glass and all of that. And one day we had a full day meeting and him and I were both kind of jumping in our chairs, yeah. you know, wanting to get up and move. So we decided to do wall sits in the meeting room and people around was kind of looking, what are these two guys in their suits doing, like yep. doing wall sits? <laughs> and then to just to top it off, he decided he was going to do a headstand <laughs> in this glass cubicle yeah. meeting room. And, and people were like, what, what the heck? <laughs> but hey, we are, you know, yeah, we got good energy. So that, that's, that's what matters, right? So. It's important. Uh, my colleague was nice. I remember Ketcha Shulin, a really good colleague. I was just like, she just started laughing when she saw me like, as you don't push us <laughs> in the stairs. What the hell is going on? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's one thing. So a third thing, and yeah. I think it's important to say with these dressers, just so people don't misunderstand. That's not the same that uh, you should do coke once in a while just to test it out no. uh, and do, uh, try not to sleep at all for uh, three days uh, just to test it out. That's no. not how it's meant. No, it's it's microdosing stress for sure. Yeah. yeah, and like ice bath is a perfect example of that, right? Um, but then you talk about hacks and hack stacks, right? That's coupling a cold shower with breathing techniques like box breathing, for instance, mm. that you know, again, by scientific studies, it is triggering your parasympathetic nervous system. You are relaxing, right? Yeah. And box breathing. Should we uh, try box one? breathing is really breathing? simple. We can try it out. Yeah. It, it's basically just you breathe in for four seconds or five or three, whatever you want to do, but you breathe in for four seconds, you hold your breath for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, and you hold your breath for the lack of it, basically, you're you're not doing anything for four seconds with no air in your lungs, and then you breathe in for four seconds. So that kind of box square, if you like, just kind of routine, doing that over and over again, really good. And how many times would you normally do that? Um, I would say at least two minutes is good. And once you get into it, two minutes will go fast. Um, I normally do it five minutes when I'm in a cold shower or ice bath. Uh, okay. To me, that's kind of like I want to hit that five minute mark, and it yeah. feels so good. You yeah. can you can measure your HRV, your heart rate variability goes up afterwards. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, all right. I think that's enough for people to be able to try it at home. We don't want to try. <laughs> we'll we have another time, so we don't do too many. That's okay. Box breathing is really uh, yeah, very good. Perfect. All right. So the third biohack. So to me, it it and we were talking a little about breathing here, right? And, yeah. and you were doing your morning swimming in the harbor, which I envy quite a bit. I live out, out in the country. There's no water there, apart from my own ice bath, but. I, my morning routine is another biohack or stack of, of hacks that to me is vital. Yeah. My day, if I do not do my regular morning routine, it's just going to be a shitty day. And I, you know, it, to, be, to give you the short version of it, it's basically I get out of bed and I drink a massive glass of salt water, often with a little bit of apple cider vinegar to just kind of stabilize my blood sugar and optimize my gut bacteria and so on. Special that, kind of salt? 
Um, well, yeah, rock salt or very good quality sea salt. There are lots of good kind of products out there now. So yeah, Himalayan rock salt is my go-to. Um, a lot of people are using these kind of kelp uh, sea salts that are also very good. Um, so that's slowly drinking that while I'm doing the rest of my morning routine is a good thing. I, I take my supplements as soon as I get out of bed, pretty much, probably five minutes after. And um, then I make my coffee. And my coffee is, I'm known for my coffee. I think that it, it's a bit of a mindfulness exercise that 10 years ago was almost I started doing that. And now the last seven years, it's become this kind of mindfulness, almost meditation practice for me where I, do I not see you enjoying a lot when you do your coffee. It's like, like there's something good happening when you're brewing that coffee. Well, I mean, a lot of people think of mindfulness as something you need to sit like legs crossed and meditate almost, right? It, it's just focusing on what you do is actually mindfulness, yeah. right? And avoiding all distractions. So my phone, I, I take my phone with me from the bedroom and I put it next to the charger of my aura ring and I, you know, charge that whole thing and it just sits there. And I don't look at it until I've done my coffee. And my coffee routine is simply like it's a pour over. So I, I measure the ingredients like the, the beans and the water and I do a slow pour over and I look at this water coming out of the tap there or not the tap but like the uh, the kettle as I'm slowly pouring it and it takes about you know five seven minutes to make like four cups of coffee for me and my wife and that that's my moment of checking in with the day and when I've done that I usually go to my office where I also have a uh, uh, bit of a space for doing exercise so I, our yoga mat is always out like I mean, even when we have guests over, yoga mat's out. It's just there. It, it mm. stays on the ground. So I do five to ten minutes of yoga, depending on the time I have. Normally, it's ten minutes. Um, and I got my little power yoga routine of uh, four sun salutations, uh, two of which are coupled with a lot of, like, you know, push-ups. And as we talked about this morning, this new kind of push-ups I yes. started doing. So I'm, I'm always changing it up a little bit. But, it, you know, what matters is that I get my lymphatic system running in the morning. Uh, so that all that fluid that I just dumped in my body is kind of starting to move around and I start the normal natural detoxification and all of that. So, and then I start my day. Yeah. That's my morning routine. And I feel so much better when I do it. Uh, there are days where I don't do the yoga bit and I feel it. I, I don't have the same level of energy. Um, so I try to do that and probably do so, I don't know, nine out of 10 uh, mornings. So. Yeah. Nice. Next biohack. Well, so I, as you can tell, and as you know, I'm I'm a busy guy. So for me, it's about how do I keep my productivity up without stressing out, right? How do I get all the shit done I need to do on a normal day, which is my day job, full-time job, right? And then it's all the, the webinars and it's the web course and it's all the other things that I want to get done in life, uh, including seeing my friends and family. So it, it, finding ways for me to focus has been a problem in the past and when I learned what music does to my brain, I was amazed. And uh, people were like, how can you do that? How can you read when you're listening to music? How can you do what you do when you listen to music? But I don't know, my brain's just, their music that's been composed, for instance, our good friend, Dr. Ollie from, you know, the Biohacker Summit and, and, and Handbook, the author of the Handbook, right? He's a DJ and he's yeah. deliberately, I've talked a lot with him about this, that he's a DJ and he's, he's realized also very late in his life that the music does something to the brain as he started studying it right and it basically triggers you to get into this alpha state of you're just kind of focused right 
Um, so he's doing these two, three-hour tracks that he records once a quarter or something. Um, and you can find him on uh, Mixcloud. All ES is his name there, and they're free to, to listen to. Um, and he does these amazing progressive house tracks that are just like subtle, you know, really driving, not techno, more like progressive house music, mm. coupled with some really funky tracks that he finds that it just, I, I, I got his entire kind of catalog on my iPhone. I, I listened to that only. Uh, where could you find it? Was that on Spotify? Uh, no, it's on Mixcloud. So Mixcloud is a bit of a new service where, uh, DJs are publishing their, their, recordings basically in their sets okay. so i'll have to check that out as well yeah ollie s o-l-l-i-s on mixcloud yeah perfect we will get that in the show notes as well definitely it's a perfect track uh well it's a perfect hack for focus right yeah so, i mean a lot of music will do the same but uh i don't like music where you've got lyrics and you know vocals on it because yeah. it just my brain will start listening to it yes and this is designed so that my brain is only listening to the the sound waves of the music, but that's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and my last hack that I would recommend people checking in is just taking a nap. Really, I love like, naps. Naps is golden, and I think that in many years I thought of a nap as something my grandfather would take, and I was like, "Why are you taking a nap, Granny?" And I was like, "Now I know why." But he did it when he was older, right? And I'm like, I'm still young-ish, and I. I really feel the energy from taking just a 20 minutes nap. So I, I do that, I don't know, three or four times a week. I, I do that. Simply lay down on the couch. I work from home, obviously, now all the time, but I'm not traveling. It's great. I do my, my aura ring. They have this, this kind of um, moment setting now where you can check your, your heart rate variability and your pulse and your body temperature and stuff like that. So I set that to 20 minutes and I just lie down and within three minutes I fall asleep. And usually you, I'll see a certain pattern on my data there, but my heart rate variability will rise, mm. which is a sign of I'm de-stressing my body. And that's what you want, right? So even though I've had a crazy day, uh, and there's something with the circadian rhythm that you want to do your, your naps in the early afternoon, mm. because otherwise it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess up your, your sleep hormones later at night and you're going to have an issue falling asleep. So don't do a nap after three o'clock ideally right uh, and don't do it before noon either so somewhere between noon and three o'clock is the optimal time to do an app if you want to spike that and be a proper biohacker then you do a coffee nap mm. which is what i do some days um, i generally don't do too much coffee in the afternoon but the thing is it takes about 20 minutes for the caffeine to go through your blood brain barrier and kind of activate the energy side of things there and um, if you take a cup of coffee Drink it really quick, which is why a lot of people will use espresso shots for that. Mm. And then you go to sleep immediately after. You wake up right as the kind of caffeine hits your brain, basically. And you are fully awake, fully alert, and ready to rock. Yep. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of naps as well. And the music. So I always, But I need to find some new, better tracks. But I always like when I have to work focused. Yeah. I try and find something house-ish focused. I, yeah. Yeah. It helps. And naps has always, for me, been... Do you nap at the office? No, not that much. We actually do have one of my colleagues, one of the partners, Jesper, semi naps as well. I've napped a few times at the office, but right now there's not this space where um, you're kind of lying in the middle yeah. of everyone. So it's harder to calm, it's harder for me at least to calm that much down. But if I'm working from home, 
I will probably take a 20 minutes nap. I'd keep it under a half an hour. I read somewhere that as long as you keep it under half an hour, yeah. then it's um, you don't go into a deeper sleep stages. So you want to do right. it in half an hour maximum or more than an hour and a half yes, to get through. That's right. Yeah. But when I had my startup, I was doing quite often. So mm. there was a place where you could go up and I would often... I worked a lot when I had my startup. So it was from 9 in the morning to 11, 1 in the night every single day, 7 days a week for a few wow. years. Uh, but I loved what I was doing. Yeah. It wasn't the smartest thing. I should have kept some weekends open to do more stuff and mm. also had a hit mm. on my social life. Um, but I was so passionate about what I was doing that I was just, yeah, on that mission. And I went up and often got those like 20 minutes, half an hour, and then back out. And I didn't really feel tired. Right. I was also younger at that point. And, but I feel like when I'm... When I get so focused and so passionate about something, um, time disappears around me, yeah. and I can be focused about it till quite late. But I'm, I'm much more focused. I've always been focused on my sleep, so I always made sure that I, I got my seven to eight hours of sleep. Good. Yeah. Um, but I try to now, even though I have a good flow, to try to stop work around ten, the latest, mm. so I can get to bed in proper time. Yeah. Well, screen time late at night for some is an issue with sleep. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it's not that big of a problem, but I do wear these blue blockers, but I, they're not the geeky yellow ones that most biohackers will use. No. Um, again, like do your own testing. Like yeah. I have not measured a difference whether I'm using the very hardcore blue light filtering versus the very light computer glass instead of filtering 80% of the blue light. Yeah. To me, that's apparently enough. I'm still yeah. secreting melatonin as I should. So I, I, I agree with you, don't work past 10 at night. And if you do, though, do you do that? For, do you sometimes take an all-nighter? I'm, I'm a fan of all-nighters, though. So working until the next morning? Well, whenever you're done. But normally for me, it's like when I do it, it's like I, I work the full day. Yeah. I take a nap in the afternoon, and then I, I drink a cup of coffee in the, in the evening with my dinner, and then I just work until 3 or 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, I don't do that any longer. I did that when I any longer. So I... I try to make sure that, okay, I got to get it done tomorrow instead. If there's a super hard deadline, but I haven't been anything lately where it's like, it needs to be done tomorrow and I can't get it done. Yeah. Um, then I shift stuff around. Also in regards to keeping my sleep rhythm fairly stable. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of it, but in my life, sometimes I do need to find that extra mm. half day. So, yeah, wouldn't necessarily recommend people doing it, but... Something the body can can take. It's just not something you should do often. But then again, being a biohacking and understanding your metabolic systems, right? Yeah. Um, I actually only recently learned that if you have a very poor sleep, so yeah. say you go out for some for partying with some friends, right, and you only have three hours of sleep, which would be the, the same as me working through the night, right? Your body is so stressed and your cortisol levels are so high that you it's basically like you're pre-diabetic temporarily. So that means that whatever you're going to eat, it's going to be stored as fat. Mm. And it, it, you're not going to be in you know any form of ketosis if you start eating anything. Even though if you take your bulletproof coffee, that's pure fat. That fat's going to be stored as fat. It's not going to be burned off as, as something you can use for energy. And, and that's because of like your body tells you, hey, you got to you know preserve energy because you're stressed. Yeah. Right? So I would never do that. If I've worked all night, I would take good care of myself the day after. I mm. wouldn't just carry on being a dick with my life, basically. No. Uh, then you would have an easier day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's like... <clears throat> and I would eat. I can see like then you have to push through one day so the deadline is the next day. Yeah. But otherwise, it's like what can you move the next day Yeah. so you can still have a productive day there? Yeah. 
you can't make up for the sleep, but you can make sure that you don't put yourself in an even bigger ditch. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Martin, where can people find out more about you? Where should they go follow you? Well, so I would say Instagram is probably uh, the place where I'm trying to gather most of my attention. Um, I, I do have a website with a mailing list that I would definitely encourage people to sign up on, uh, yeah. which is either martinkremer.com or newnormallabs.com. Yes. New normal has kind of become my, my thing, new yeah. normal health here, that I think it's time that people think about that they can change the norm that they've been born into yes. and achieve more things. So, yeah. so that's that. But then look up our... Um, our blueprint if you're danish and you want to learn more about biohacking we will soon release tickets again for for the online web course yeah um, so that's no well so there are numerous places to go but if you if you just go into biohacking.live you'll you'll find all our things there perfect and the conference at the time this is coming out it might already be sold out because we're pretty close with the tickets but we will get some tickets for the audience though yes What's the link again for uh, for the conference? So right now that is biohacking.live as well. Okay. Yep. So that's a very simple sh short code URL there, but uh, that's where people can get tickets to the to the event. Yeah. And just a few, some who are some of the speakers apart from myself? So we've tried to really, um, and we're really thankful for for them helping out here, for, because I think the Danish biohacking movement is it's becoming that umbrella yeah. of all the good things you can do to, to stay healthy and like live the good life and not burn out, don't get sick. Yeah. So we've got Umaro um, uh, Kadogan, which is like one of the biggest health evangelists in Denmark. He runs the biggest certification of almost like food as medicine. Yeah. So functional medicine, I know you've talked about that before in your podcast, right? So he was one of the first to get through the whole thing with, with functional medicine and he's been preaching that for a long time. So known from TV, obviously, and you got uh, Pia Norup and Tina Janssen. I believe you've had Tina on your podcast here. Pia Norup is another Danish doctor who's also becoming a big fan of biohacking and, and taking control of your health. Yeah. We've got um, Mass Bull, who's yeah. the, known as the Juice King. And I really I really hope that the audience will will give him a lot of the credit that he deserves because he's, and I think there's varying views on on him because he's he's kind of like um talking a lot about you just need to juice your vegetables but you actually listen to some of the talks that he does he knows a shit ton about biology and the human body and he's got a fascinating story himself used to be a mechanic now he's just like a health evangelist and he is he's hitting an audience which needs to hear what he's saying mm. which is get more vegetables so he's But awesome he's fantastic i saw him so he's known as a jewish person But he stresses so much when he does uh, a talk. Yeah. Juice is just one part. Indeed. Hey, don't only live off juice. He actually spends a fair bit of energy on that because yeah. some people have put him in a box. And I really enjoyed the talk. Um, it could have been like, had you put him in a different setting, he would have been a normal health talk. It's yeah. just that brand that he got. He knows so much about both yeah. sleep, exercise, and general nutrition and so on. And he's a high energy fun guy, so that's going to be a good yes. talk. Yeah. And then we got uh, Rasmus Just, the, the Danish uh, biohacker guy as well, who's um, was in that TV thing. Good friend of ours, good yes. friend of our little lounge here. Um, we got Tor Full, yeah, I believe you also had. So we basically picked all your guests. <laughs> <laughs> Tor is a is a good friend, but also he's my go to source for anything where I kind of feel like I need to adjust my mental game. Um, so he's uh, he's into what's called, I think. What is it called? Crops therapy. Well, yeah, that's Body a Danish. Therapy. It's kind of like, there's an English word for it, but it's kind of like a, 
a type of therapy where you're you're looking into the connection between the mind and the body and mm. the kind of body mind connection, right? And uh, a lot to do with the eastern side of medicine and the meridians and all of that. And, and you know, I can go to him and I can say, "Hey, Tor, I need to have my parasympathetic nervous system activated for a full hour," and he just he just works on my body, and I am as like I am so stressed when I get there, and I am super not stressed when I leave there. Yeah. Uh, so that's just amazing how he just knows his way through your body and knows how to de-stress your body. He can yeah. also energize you if yeah. you if you have low energy. You know, he you know he can help you activate your energy source basically. Yeah, so amazing guy. Um, so he's going to be helping us doing some exercise with the audience and everything. So that's going to be fun. Um, let me see who else do we have? I have a really important person you forgot to mention. Nikolai Damsko. Nikolai Damsko, obviously yes, my good friend, our good friend Nikolai. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've sp- we were chatting this morning and it's like, I speak more with you than with my wife. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot going on and him and I will be, we'll be hosting it this year. Um, yeah. And we hope to come back soon with a yeah. bigger, bigger thing. And Nikolai is also part of the course. He is teaching a lot of that. Nikolai, just a few words about him, is also one of the leading people in Denmark within, what do you say, functional health and so on. It's been in this, yeah. he grew up with it with his dad as well. Absolutely. And yeah. wrote a good book on fasting um, in Danish that's really worth reading. And he does speaks all around Denmark as well when, when yeah. it's open. Yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, he's, I learned so much from him. Yeah. Um, and what I like about him is his down to earth approach to things. Like yeah. he's getting uh, both Umaro and Mesbo, he's worked with them and they will pull him in because they're so geeky sometimes. Mm-hmm. That he's the guy who will explain it so people get it. Yeah. So, so that's real. That's a skill, right? Yeah. Uh, so he's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Definitely, it's going to be a good conference. I look forward to speaking about habits there. Yeah. And also learning from uh, from some of the other speakers that are yeah role models here in Denmark. Yeah. It's a it's an awesome event. Uh, yeah. Hopefully everything will go well with COVID, but uh, yeah. we hope so. I think we're running a little bit out of time. Well, time always goes fast. Uh, I will make sure to get the things in the show notes. Yep. So the last thing, if you could give yourself an advice for a 10-year younger version of yourself, what could that advice be? Ha! It goes back to the beginning of understand what is draining you. And then I would follow up and say, realize how much of that is anchored in your breathing. Ask yourself, next time you check Facebook or Instagram, are you holding your breath? Or are, you actually, are you relaxing and, and are you doing deep you know, belly breaths? And if you're not doing that, then start doing that. Because even now, I, I, and now I think about it, but sometimes I'll go, I'll, ch- I'll be really annoyed by something that I read on whatever, right? And I go, oh. I just, I catch myself not breathing, like holding my breath in. And that's a huge stressor. And we have far too many stresses in our life already. And if I was 10 years younger and I'd known that, I probably would have burned out. Would yeah. have burned out. Yeah. So, like, figuring out what is stressing you, learn how to breathe properly. Perfect. Martin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me again. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.